0: Welcome to Animal Rights, the Abolitionist Approach Commentary. I'm Gary Francione. This is our fourth no-frills, underproduced commentary. I actually hadn't planned on doing another uh, podcast until later this week, but uh, I've gotten a fair number of inquiries uh, about an issue that I do want to address in connection with the podcast that I did on pets. A number of people have written... Asking about the issue of non-vegan cats. How do we think about that issue, and what are the moral issues raised, and how should we resolve those issues, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And, um, and I received en- uh, enough of these uh, uh, inquiries where I thought that it was a good idea to just uh, discuss the issue briefly in the hopes that it will help those of you who are facing this situation uh, think about uh, uh, how, to, how, to, uh, how to deal with it. First of all, let me say I'm not a veterinarian, so I don't have any expertise any veterinary expertise in the matter. I have over the years uh, been reading about the issue of veganism and cats because it's an in, it's a it's an issue that comes up a fair amount uh, when i'm uh, giving a, a lecture on animal rights or uh, when I'm being interviewed uh, people will say, "Well, you know what about your dogs and um I'll say they're vegans, and then someone will call in on the radio show and say, well, I have cats, they can't be vegans, and what should I do in that situation? So it's something that comes up with a fair, fair uh, a degree of frequency. And um, so I, I am familiar with the issue, but I'm not a veterinarian. We also have a number of friends who do have feline refugees in their homes, and, um, and so we have some anecdotal evidence, uh, a considerable amount of anecdotal evidence because we have a number of friends who have cats, and uh, some friends who have many cats. It's, it's certainly a problem uh, for some cats. Now, it appears to be the case that it is not an issue so much with female cats. Female cats seem to do well or can do well on a balanced vegan diet. The problem is with some male cats. Now, let me comment on the use of the expression balanced vegan diet. We're always assuming that, you know, whether we're talking about humans or non-humans, that any vegan diet has got, we're not, just eating strawberries is not going to get you very far if that's all you do is eat strawberries, right? Strawberries are really good for you, but if all you do is eat strawberries, you're going to not fare well. And uh, I'm always bewildered when I read these newspaper editorials. Uh, about uh, you know parents who have been charged with manslaughter or or, or uh, abuse of children because uh, their children have either gotten ill or died as a result of what the news media characterizes as a vegan diet, and you find out that the parents are feeding the child nothing but potatoes. Well, you know if you feed the child nothing but steak three times a day, the child's not going to do well either. So uh, we're always talking about a balanced diet, and it's. Uh, apparently the case that this is not a very big problem for female cats. It's a problem for some male cats. There is controversy about the degree to which the issue can be addressed in a satisfactory manner with the male cats who have problems with a vegan diet. There are some people who maintain that and uh, uh, these, this, this includes uh, some, some of our friends who have actually had this experience that if you monitor the cat's urine ph uh... frequently and you make sure that there are no crystals in the urine and you do other things like avoid uh... uh, kibbles and harder foods and things uh... that you can deal with that issue and that even when crystals do arise you can use supplements of a non-animal uh... origin that can solve the problem there are other people who maintain no there are some cats that just simply cannot be on a vegan diet uh I don't know what the answer is. I I I'm going to address the issue assuming that for argument's sake that there are some cats who simply cannot exist on a vegan diet. Whether that uh, that's true or not, I I don't know. Certainly it's the case that many cats can exist and do very well and prosper on a vegan diet. Um so but I'm assuming that there are going to be some that can't and then the question becomes well what do we do about those cats? I want to draw a distinction between moral justification and moral excuse. When we say that something's morally justified, we say it's okay. When we say that something's morally excusable, we say, well, it's not okay, but we understand why you did it. Okay. Uh, an example of, a, of moral justification, uh, and I'll use a legal example, uh, in the law, if I reasonably believe that you are about to inflict deadly physical force on me, you come up to me with a gun, and I reasonably believe you're about to shoot me, and I shoot you first. Uh, under the law, that is self-defense, and that's a justifiable homicide. Basically, what the law says is, in that situation, uh, your self-defense is, it's okay, it's a, it's a good, it's it, You you, you did something that was all right. It's an unfortunate thing that you had to do, but there's nothing morally wrong with what you did. Excuse. Let's use a, a different legal example to illustrate excuse. Excuse involves a situation where, let us say, I put a gun to your head and say, go in and, or no, I put a gun to your child's head, and I say, go in and rob that grocery store, or else I'm going to kill your child. You go in and rob the grocery store. That can be a situation in which the law says you've you've been subject to duress. We understand why you did it. What you did wasn't morally right. It wasn't morally right for you to go in and rob the store. What you did was wrong. But we understand why you did it. Now, I don't think it's ever morally justifiable to feed meat or other animal products to an animal. Uh, whether it's a cat or any other animal, I don't think it's morally justifiable. There can be situations in which it's morally excusable. If you have adopted a feline refugee, and you have done everything possible, and that's an important qualification, you have really done the work. You've done the research. You've gone and talked to vets and gotten the information, and you know, and 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 you know, you've tried different things and whatever. You've, you've tried your very best to get the cat on a vegan diet. If you can't get the cat on a vegan diet, then I think there's a very good argument that feeding a minimal amount of animal products to the cat is morally excusable. It's not justifiable. It's not all right to do. But what are you going to do? You're stuck in a bad situation. No matter what you do, it's not going to be acceptable. I mean, what are you going to do? Let the cat starve? Uh, and and you know, throw the cat out and say it's your problem. I'm not going to deal with it. So you know this is the problem that we have when we domesticate animals and we have this this institution called pet ownership. Same thing happens with slavery, right? I mean, with human slavery, there were all sorts of moral issues that were raised as a result of the institution of human slavery. It's a bad, immoral institution. It results in immora- problems of immorality coming up all of the time. Same thing with domestication. There are all sorts of issues that come up as a result of the immoral institution of domestication. And it's not just whether or not you feed your, 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 your cat's meat or other animal products. It's a question... I have a, a number of friends who have cats and they debate with each other about whether or not they should let their cats outside. Some people say, oh it's really horrible uh, if you don't let the cat outside because the cat's got to go outside. You can't keep the cat inside all the time uh, but the cat uh, is is going to kill other creatures uh, uh, if the cat is wandering around outside in addition to uh, being at risk of getting run over uh, by, by, uh, by a vehicle. Uh, so there are all sorts of issues. Um that are raised by pet ownership, and I mean we have the you know we face issues when our dogs are vegan, but you know you 're always wondering am I doing the morally right thing you know uh, uh, um, because we control their lives because because we have to control their lives because they are domestic animals that are dependent on us for everything you you 're always sort of faced with Am I doing the right thing? Is, is this, is this an, am I exercising too much control over their lives? Am I, am I, am I not exercising enough control? Am I, am I doing what I should be to be a good PAC leader when I don't even want to be a PAC leader? I'm sort of stuck in this situation where you know I've got these canine refugees. I feel an obligation to take care of them. I love them very much. But it raises all sorts of moral problems. This is, the, 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 this is a consequence of an inherently immoral institution. And you know, you're gonna face these sorts of moral issues. And so I think we have to do our best to make sure that you know we, we've done everything possible in good faith to keep our cats on vegan diets or to get our cats on vegan diets. If in a particular situation it's the cat's gonna die if you don't feed the cat animal products, then I think it may be morally excusable to do it. As long as you've done your very best to do a vegan diet for the cat, if there's no way that that cat is going to live well on a non, on a vegan diet, and your only choice, your only choice is to feed that cat some animal products, or let the cat starve to death or throw the cat out then i think it's a, it's one of these unfortunate situations that result when you have immoral institutions you know there are in life a number of moral questions that come up that you know there aren't satisfactory moral answers to for example you're a physician in a uh, in a in an emergency department you've got one pint of blood you've got two patients they both need it you've got you know you can only save one you make a decision. You're not happy. That's not, that's not a good situation. That's, that's a situation in which whatever you do is going to be morally unsatisfactory to you. So I think it's, it's uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, the, the burning house is another example. You know, uh, you're walking by the burning house and there's a, there's a human and there's a, 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 a non-human in the house. Who are you going to save if you can only save one? Well, you'd like to save both. Whatever you do is not going to be a particularly satisfactory situation. You know these sorts of these sorts of hypotheticals are not particularly good places to w- to make moral theory. Uh, these these are these are situations that we generally don't face. You know you're not you're not faced with any any situation like that when you're deciding whether to eat a hamburger or not. It's not a, you know, there's not some sort of emergency situation that requires you to make a choice. There's no sort of compulsion that's, uh, that requires you to make any sort of choice. Um, in a situation where you've tried your best to get the cat on a vegan diet, and you can't. You've really done, you know, you've done your very best. And one thing I'd like to suggest is, since most vets aren't vegan, uh, they, they don't tend to take veganism seriously in, for humans, let alone for non-humans. And so, if you really want to be conscientious about it, try to find the increasing, you know, there, there are a number of vets out there, and, and thankfully their, their number is increasing, of vets who are either vegans themselves or are uh, vegan-friendly and have at least thought about the issue. Uh, and uh, and, and they're, they're, uh, they're, they're analyzing it and they're trying to, to deal with, um, with, uh, with, with the issue. Try to find one of those vets. You know, they were very, very hard to find uh, 10 years ago. They're a lot easier to find now. Uh, Vets who will help you. Uh, with this issue and you know who can tell you about how frequently you should have the pH monitored of the you know the, uh, the the urine pH monitored or uh, you know what sorts of foods are less likely to result in these urinary tract problems in male cats uh, and and um, you know at what point do you do you use uh, other forms of non-animal supplementation to deal with any crystals that you find in in uh, the cat's urine etc there are an increasing number of vets who can help you with that but but if you've if you've really done everything you can and you've made your good faith effort then I think that um, you may be in a situation where because we are all involved in this inherently immoral institution called animal exploitation and there is and there is an institution called pet ownership and there are lots of animals that need homes and I think giving a home to a non-human refugee is an important form of animal rights activism where you just don't really have uh, anything that you really feel morally comfortable with but you may have something that is at least morally excusable one thing I I do want to say that troubles me over the years, I've been asked this question many, many times about non-vegan cats. I've been, there's, there are very, actually very few uh, issues um, when you've been doing it for almost uh, 30 years. There, there are very few questions you haven't been asked many times. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, if I uh, had merely one penny for every time I've been asked uh, either what about insects or what about plants, uh, i could I could probably um, uh, purchase the Taj Mahal but um, in any event uh, so there are there are uh, you know, a series of questions that come up this being one of them when I'm asked this question I always respond by asking another question I ask are you vegan? And do you know that I would say, and I've done a scientific survey of this, so I'm just estimating, I would say between 80 to 90% of the people over the years that have asked me that question, when I ask them, Are you vegan? they give me some version of the answer no. They say, Well, almost, or I'm a flexible vegan. Or I really try, but you know sometimes I like a little ice cream or or you know or cheese pizza, or I've got to have fish once in a while because I really need you know i can't i can't, I just can't get omega threes from algae I just can't i mean i I absolutely need to eat fish so and, and all of those things i uh, I don't really uh, credit very much as a matter of fact, I regard them as uh, obvious nonsense but um what what troubles me is that I, I, I am asked this question by people who are themselves not vegan. Now, I don't really understand that. If you're not vegan, why are we talking about your cat? So, I hope that um, those of you who are worried about this are yourselves vegan. Because if you're not, you're not thinking clearly. <laughs> uh, that, that, that I can tell you. Um, and so you're probably not going to be able to think clearly through the issue of the non-vegan cat if you haven't thought th- clearly through the issue about your own veganism uh... and and it's astonishing the number of people who have said no they're not vegans but they ask me about uh, non-vegan cats and and i i've come to the unfortunate conclusion that it's just a gotcha sort of question it's not really a serious question it's intended to try to trip me up or show some some sort of inconsistency in in my way of analyzing these issues so um... if you're not vegan go vegan It's easy, it's better for you, it's better for the planet, and most importantly, it's the right thing to do. Uh, As far as your cats are concerned, do the homework. uh, Try as hard as you can to get your cat on a vegan diet. If for some reason you have a cat that simply cannot prosper on a vegan diet, then I think a very good argument can be made that it's morally excusable to feed that cat a minimal amount of animal products so that the cat is healthy but again this just shows how clearly it shows clearly how problematic the institution of pet ownership is we need to take care of the animals that are in existence now we certainly have that moral obligation but we ought not to be bringing any more into existence whether they're cows, pigs, or chickens, or dogs or cats, we ought not to be bringing any domestic animals into existence because domestication is inherently problematic and raises all sorts of moral problems. This being one of many. So, I hope I have uh, stimulated you into thinking uh, in certain directions about the issue. I know there are a lot of you out there who have this uh, who have this, uh, the, the, this this issue to deal with. And I really think that um, many cats can do well on a vegan diet. I think that uh, there are a lot of folks who just don't put the time into, into uh, 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 the matter. And I think that if you take the issue seriously, put the time into the matter, put some effort into it, do some research talk to some vets who who are knowledgeable about nutrition and who are if them, not themselves vegan or at least are vegan friendly vets and um, and who who know uh, and have some clinical and uh, and uh, uh, you know have some clinical experience and have done some reading on the subject um, and uh, and that's that's I think and you know, it's it's one of these unfortunate situations where I, I wish I could give a more satisfactory answer but I think it's just Uh, all part of the mess that we've created called animal exploitation. In any event, thank you very much for listening. Visit our website at abolitionistapproach.com or come over to Facebook or Twitter. Thanks again.